Today, our guest is Tiana Shoney. Tiana is currently a third grade teacher at George Washington Academy in St. George, Utah. She's in her ninth year teaching as an elementary school teacher. After earning her bachelor's degree in 2012 at Southern Utah University, she left her small Utah town and moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. There, she taught third grade at a Title I school, Paul Culley Elementary, for two years. Afterwards, she took a job at a charter school called Somerset Academy Sky Point teaching second grade. After four years in Nevada, she made her way back to Southern Utah to teach third grade and began teaching another charter school called George Washington Academy. Since moving back to Utah, Tiana married her husband and has a two-year-old daughter. Some of her passions outside of education include reading, suspense thrillers, traveling, boating with the family, and all things Harry Potter and Disney. Hi, Tiana. Thanks so much for joining us today. Can you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself? Of course. Um, So I mainly grew up in Southern Utah. Um, I went to high school there. I went to Southern Utah University, um, and I did gymnastics there for the first couple of years. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, And then I I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. My father was a teacher, and he actually was a professor at Southern Utah University in the education department. So we just had a love, our family had a love for teaching. Did you have your dad as a professor? (laughs) I did. (laughs) That's awkward. (laughs) It was just for a May master class. Okay. And I, I did not. And I mean, it was kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's a goofball, but it it was a reading class. He's a great teacher. He's retired now, but he did a master's program too. So cool. But yeah, so I graduated from there in 2012, and in my small town, there were no there were no full time teaching positions. So I took a part time job as a math intervention specialist, and wow. then yeah, and then mid year I was like, oh, I really want to teach. So I um, I applied for Clark County School District in Nevada, and they actually needed someone mid year. So I. I moved there by myself and started teaching in the big city. Wow. (laughs) Quite different from Mm -hmm. my little small town of Utah, but it was good. It Mm -hmm. was really good to have a a change, and I learned a lot there. Um, I was at a Title I school called Paul Culley Empowerment School, and I taught third grade in a little portable with probably 35 kids, 80% ESL. Jeez, it's so so crazy how they put – Title one kids and to these little portables, like as if they don't need a real classroom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was sad. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. I learned a lot. You know, the, it was a school where I probably sent, I don't know, 10 food bags home every weekend and wow. just such a different, oh. you know, switch from, mm-hmm. um, from Utah, but it was great. And mm-hmm. so I, I worked there for two years. And then I got an opportunity to work at a charter school in Las Vegas um, called Somerset Academy Sky Point, And I went and taught third or second grade um, for two and a half years. 
and I really enjoyed it there. It was a big, it was like a 180 degree yeah. change yeah. <laughs> demographics and mm-hmm. everything. A lot of, um, I went from no parent involvement to almost too much parent involvement. Yes. That's the change, <laughs> yeah. right? You get a different set of challenges with the different yeah. clientele of <laughs> the culture of the school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I taught te- second grade there for two and a half years. And then um, I was dating someone long distance in Utah. So I made back, made my way back this way mm-hmm. and uh, took a job as a third grade teacher at George Washington Academy, which is also a charter school. And that's cool. where I'm at now. Awesome. Wow. Um, one of the things that I'm, that I'm interested in, because kind of like you, I, I, I went from this small town teaching to kind of like the big city. Um, and I learned, and I learned a lot about myself. Can you, can you talk about that? Just what, what, what you learned just about you? Oh man, it was my, I mean, it was my first year teaching and it was my first classroom and it was, it was just, I didn't know anybody and I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing, but I think I learned that given like any circumstance, you can make anything work. Um, I learned to really love, love those children. That was all I really had there. My family wasn't there or anything. So, Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know. I guess that's what I learned. (laughs) No, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of what, what I learned too, is that all I, all I had was these were my students. And so I, I think I invested a lot of time in that. And what I found was by investing time, I'm like, wow, um, these kids get it. I'm, you know, I'm the one that needs, that needs to change more. Um, yeah. And, and so that's, that's, yeah, because I went, I went from a private Catholic school to a title one school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm like, and I, and I realized, wow, you know, there's kids want the same thing. They want to be listened to and they want to be respected. Um, you know, and so how can I, you know, how can I do that more? And so, so, t- um, what, what were some of the things that you learned along the way, right before you, your, um, your move back to Utah, um, going, going from a, from a title one school to your, to your charter school? Well, I think, yeah. So I think my, at my title one school, it was like, there were no, there just wasn't money, right. There were no resources. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I don't have paper. I can't make copies. <laughs> like I had to learn to to improvise and use, use what I had and be very resourceful. Um, and then, you know, going back. So I went from that school to a charter school in Vegas too. That was, that was pretty different. So that was really the biggest switch was going from nothing and then going from all these curriculums and resources and materials where I had to recreate, like create everything on my own to now, Oh, you want, you have stuff for me? You have materials for me? <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> wow. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what some of your favorite projects or units are right now that you do with your, your kids? Yeah. So um, at our school, we um, use the core knowledge sequence, language arc sequence, and we have a lot of really fun units. Um, we have an animal investigations unit animal classifications unit and this usually every year I have um, my friend who's a herpetologist she's got like 12 different reptiles at her house 
and she hmm. comes in and shows the kids all of her little creatures. Yeah. And this year, of course, we can't have visitors in our classroom. So mm. she was able to do a, a virtual presentation. Oh, and that's I was good. Like, oh, that's not going to be as cool, but yeah. the kids actually yeah. really loved it. Did they? Well, good. That's yeah. Fun. So that's one of my favorite ones. We have a really fun ancient Rome unit where we have a Rome day and the kids come in and they make a Roman artifact, like an aqueduct or a mosaic and share it with the class. Cool. And we eat Rome, we eat grapes and we wear robes. Togas. <laughs> yeah, toga party. <laughs> oh my gosh. How cool. I bet they love that. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Um, so, but what, one of the things that you also mentioned is how you incorporate your passions of Harry Potter and Disney into your lessons. This has got to be cool. Um, so, so can you, can you share some of the things that you do? Yeah. Well, my, my Disney passion kind of gets on the back burner. I, I have taken the Harry Potter and just turned my classroom into a little wizard wonderland. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> so I, I, I have a obsession, I guess, but the kids love it. And we, I read them the first book during the year and, you know, so many of them after like my, after being their teacher, they like read the whole series and they come back later in the years and they tell me, Oh, I yeah. finished book seven and wow. thanks for introducing it to me. So I, I love that. Yeah. Um, we do, gosh, I, I used to do an after school Harry Potter club and we played Quidditch, and made <laughs> potions. Um, we do, I use it in my management system. They earn coins and they can spend them at Hogsmeade and buy treats. I don't know how much you guys know Harry Potter, but, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I go all out. And then Christmas we have a feast and we hang the candles and we have the great hall. So oh, wow. that's cool. That it's a so lot fun. of, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I was, I was kind of geeked when I, um, I was able to travel to Oxford. Um, and I was, and I went into the, uh, into Christchurch, mm -hmm. um, and saw the, and saw the great hall. And right before then I was like, okay, yeah, these are some pretty cool movies. But then when you actually saw it or see it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is where, yeah. So I kind of like geeked out over it. Yeah. <laughs> We, we geek out a lot. We we do a math fact competition, and they have their wands, and they, they duel the facts back and forth. Oh, that's so. awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it sounds super fun and a really, yeah. like, nice way to connect it to reading, too, to get them to fall in love with reading. And, you know, I've, I heard someone say one time, like, if you don't love to read, you just haven't found the right book. So... You know, the students who come back to you and tell you that they read all seven or, you know, just finished the seventh book, I think that's a really good skill you're instilling in those kids is to learn to find the thing that, you know, fuels you and makes you want to read. So that's awesome. And, and I do have to tell them a lot. Like, I like other things besides Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to like it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have had some that are like, I don't like it. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's cute. So last year around March, I would say is when, you know, COVID hit and schools were going online or, you know, hybrid. What was it like for you? Were you, um, for you and your students during that time or when, and if you did go online, how did that happen? Yeah. So, um, when the, when the lockdown quarantine started, it was right before our spring break. So we, 
basically spent our spring break preparing yeah, for the, yeah. the online instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we started right up the week after. Um, our school used Canvas as our okay. online learning platform, mm-hmm. which luckily we'd had a little bit of training on that previous summer. And so we kind mm-hmm. of knew what we were doing. Um, but yeah. not really. <laughs> Yeah, because at like the third grade level, you're really not using an LMS all that much, you know, if anything to hold resources, right? Yeah. I think like the day, like when they were like, oh, we might go online. I like was like, okay, kids, let's get on. Let me at least show you how to awesome. log on. So we so we yeah. figured that out. But yeah, it was um, for sure challenging. Um a lot of like my third grade team was not at first comfortable with technology at all. And mm. I kind of had to be the, the leader and be like, we can do this guys. And we ended up splitting up our content areas so that each of us took a subject okay. so we could, you know, not like divide yeah. the workload, which was good. Yeah. Um, I think, um, three weeks into the closure, we were supposed to have parent teacher conferences so we ended up, you know, doing those on Zoom and it was really mm-hmm. nice to see the families and the kids and just check in to see how they were doing. Yeah. Um, did you yeah, finish out I the school year happy. online then? We did. Yeah. yeah. I think they announced mid-April, end of April that we just finished the year online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think they let, they let us finish like a week early, which was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> We'll give you that spring break back. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> so what's your learning environment now? So, you know, all summer it was back and forth. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, at one point it was like a A day, B day. Um, half the kids come, you know, one day and to reduce the sizes. And then we ended up just going normal all um, all day, five days a week. They Our school, I think, end of July announced that we would have an online platform for anyone who wanted to stay at home. And I have, so I took on the third graders that are online and there are about 12 that are online. Wow. And then I have 24 in class. What? That's huge. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. So okay. that's been, it's been a little challenging balancing both. Again, though, my team, my third grade team has been awesome and we split up the subjects again. Mm-hmm. So we do pre-recorded videos like 10, 15 minute lessons and they help me out and send me the videos and I, um, put them on canvas and communicate with the kids. So almost like a flipped learning environment now. Yeah, Yeah. it is. (laughs) So, and I, we do have a aid that, um, takes my class on Friday. And so I can just spend Friday working with the online kids. Wow. That's really helpful. Yeah. 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 Interesting. How's, how, how are your kids doing, um, emotionally? The online kids? Both. Or any of them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the online kids, um, we do like a Friday lunch bunch meeting where they come on and you can just like, you can just tell they just crave that social interaction. Like we don't do anything academic. They just talk and mm. you get the ones that they just can't stop talking because they just, you can tell they're not around yeah. anyone really all day. Yeah. Um, sadly, there's a few that, uh, I think their parents are working and they just, they can never get on and they don't really do much, but I don't, yeah. we just try to do what we can with them. The kids in class are doing really well, given everything. Um, 
they're doing well with the, with their masks. Um, Mm -hmm. I was worried about that, but they're really, I think they don't even realize they have it on half the time. Yeah. There was one little boy in my class that was really struggling to like keep his mask up. And I was like, okay, you, if I don't have to remind you all day to wear your mask, I will do a (laughs) backflip. There's There's a gymnastic piece. Yeah. There's no way he's going to do it. And then he, he totally did it. Wow. And it was a Friday. I was like, okay, let me practice over the weekend and I'll be ready on Monday. And then he didn't show up to school for three days. I was like, oh, no. I'm out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he came and I was like, okay, I can't do a backflip, but I'll do a back handspring. And I did it. Wow. And he's been better. So <laughs> oh, that's cute. I'm sure he loves telling yeah. that story. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I that I learned early on in, in teaching is that bribery works. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing no, wrong with that. No, not mm-hmm. at all. No. But so, yeah, they're, they're, they really they like to connect with the online kids. We've got like a pen pal thing going on. Oh, um, nice. Where they can message each other on Canvas, and they always ask how they're doing. It's really sweet. Um, so the online kids was, was that open, um, up to parents' discretion? Like you can choose to send your child to school or you can have them be online. That's how that worked. Yes. I think at first it was like, you need a doctor's note and then it changed to anything. You know, it's funny. We have a variety of, of the, why they're doing online. There's the kids that have maybe someone at risk at home, like a grandparent or maybe a newborn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's the kids that don't want to wear, refuse to wear a mask. Mm. Their parent, they don't want them to wear a mask, so they're at home. And then there's the, we want to travel and go on vacation all year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, except for you shouldn't be doing that, so. (laughs) Yeah, I I had a kid pop into a meeting. He was at Yellowstone. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's awesome. So there's a wide range of of why. And I think at our school, we have about 100 that are online. Um, there's quite a bit more in the upper grades, I think. So So then that's, that's one of the things that I've been, um, wondering and asking a lot of educators this both in, both in K K 12 and and also in higher ed, how do you think education is going to change after this? After COVID? Yeah, I, it's, it's so crazy because there's just everyone around the country. It's so different. Like yeah. some aren't even in school and some are, we're just basically normal. Like everything's normal. So it's hard. It's hard to tell. Like I, I really hoped that there would be a good change. Like, I mean, I think we learned from COVID that just, I mean, we can do so much in a shorter amount of time. Like do kids really even need to be at school eight hours, five days a week, or can we do other, you know, can we do other things? Can we have, you know, online works really well for a lot of kids and not for a lot of other kids. So it's mm-hmm. good to have options. I think options are good. Um, we did get news that we will have our um, end of level testing no matter what. So wow. that was our, our principal was like, OK, pandemic isn't going to change. Like our kids need to learn and there's no exceptions. Because so. testing indicates learning, right? Like. Yeah. <laughs> and they want some data. We need some data, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So the test then that'll be like for the online kids, they can take it online at home and 
It's yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I know when we did like our benchmark testing at the beginning of the year, um, we had a, a portable outside that they could come in if they felt comfortable to do some of that testing. And then someone's just administered like on Zoom. Mm. I'm not sure how, not sure how that's all going to work. Yeah. Because I would imagine they would have some, I guess, uh, I guess questions about whether or not parents are helping them and exactly. <laughs> they're using their resources <laughs> and stuff. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. So we'll see. So I, over I the summer that- when you were, when they were flipping back and forth over like, are we going to be online? Are we going to be hybrid? Are we going to be blended? Uh, yeah. How did you prepare for that? A lot of teachers prepare for the upcoming year in the summertime. Yeah. So like. How in the world did you prepare for this just ambiguous school year that was about to approach? Yeah, I I mean, I really tried to not get too vested in one thing because I knew something was going to change. Um, I, I went into my classroom. I, I, I kind of had a feeling we'd go back um, and I just cleaned, made more space. Yeah. Like they, I, they kind of prepared us like, look, you're going to have to spread everything out, get rid of any extra furniture, Bummer. you know, I know. So I got rid of my little like reading nook and spread things out. Um, yeah, I, 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 and then I think mid July, I I knew I was going to do online. So I started preparing Mm -hmm. some things for that. But I, I, I really tried to have a summer, honestly. Yeah, good. I mean, you should because, man, yeah. you know, like it was really stressful for teachers, especially because of how quickly that happened and changed. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you've never taught online before, a lot of people think like, oh, you know, just take what you do in the classroom and put it online. Well, it's not like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And, you know, the the tools are different and there's the learning curve and there's time for, you know, teaching kids how to use a tool, how to log in, you know, and um, especially at the younger grades because they're not as autonomous as the older kids are. Exactly. And I I do feel like third grade is a sweet spot. Like Mm -hmm. they kind of know how to use the computer and they're pretty, they follow directions well. They still want to please. So, And you had the foresight enough to see like, okay, I'm going to have to teach them how to log into this and how to, you know, use this yeah. tool. And hopefully that'll be enough to get them to be independent at home. That's good. So, so you were, so you were briefly talking about your summer. How, how did you spend your summer months and, you know, fun or academic or. We, whatever. um, we live about, um, two hours from Lake Powell. I don't know if you've heard of oh, Lake Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and my family, my husband and I, we love going to the lake. So we kind of just every other weekend kind of isolated ourselves. Our family shares a houseboat and we just kind of hit out there and we're on the water. Fun. No service kind of just got away. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was a slacker teacher in the summer, but. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I kind of laugh because that's when we were, we were trying to connect back and forth and and you were and you were so nice going oh I'm, I'm sorry I'm not gonna have service for like x number of days like no no I, I I get it I get it yeah it was it was needed it was it was good good I did I did find with online that I really do like teaching online and I love teaching in the classroom it's I think it's just doing both at the same time that's 
Yeah, if, I think if you had all students that were online or all students no, that were in the classroom, there. I think um, like a blended approach would be right. more ideal. Um, maybe, you know, looking forward to how schools might change in the future. I know one of our other guests was recently talking about how um, students are starting to figure out like when they learn best and when is their best time to, you know, do math or do reading and things like that. And in a blended approach, you can, what's that? No, go ahead. Oh, in a blended approach, like you can try to work to students' needs and skill sets a little bit more and, you know, give them those opportunities to just dive a little bit deeper into the curriculum on their own and like at their own pace and then, you know, get together with their classmates and their teacher to work through some other things. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to say, I, it's funny because I get notifications when they turn work in and mm-hmm. some of them are working at like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, oh. This is like your third, third graders. Graders. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Talking, you know, talking about when you learn best, like yeah. some kids don't want to do math first thing in the morning and that's mm-hmm. what we do at school. Yeah. So some of them, you know, I want to save math for the afternoon. So like yeah, you said, no. Mm-hmm. You can pick. It's good. You have the kids have choice. They're empowered. They yeah. can. You know, which would be a and now here's my geeky side coming out. That would be a fascinating study because up until now, or there's been studies on on when at least at least at the yeah at the at the K twelve level where traditionally where some subjects are actually taught and math and science are usually taught in the morning times. And like my favorite subject is social studies, history. That's always after lunch when like kids are tired and blah, blah, blah. Um, oops, that's me. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I tried. Um, and, and so, <laughs> so uh, one, so that would be, I, I'm thinking that would be fascinating just to, just to find out um, with this, with, kids finding you know finding when they study best when they're tackling math now mm-hmm. um you know be, because it's yeah it's it's one of those things where if we're truly about all of our all of our kids then we should open it up to like, all right if you you know if you learn math best in the afternoon then why not have yeah you, in your pajamas right yeah That's cool. exactly, exactly. With your bowl of cereal next to you and you eat when you want. And yeah, I think the other question I have about this is, I think you said you um, work in a somewhat affluent area. So your kids, they each have, uh, does your school provide one-to-one devices or the students have, are connected at home or um, what's Yeah, so the ones that are at home, our school gave an option. If they needed a Chromebook, they could come check one out. And that was during the closure. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with, this fall okay. um, they were able to come pick up a Chromebook and then in third grade and up we are one-to-one okay what's it is the the younger grades I think share like a like a cart yeah um, so, so that's good we do have you know and they have connections at home I know like some of the rural areas have a difficulty time getting you know wi-fi yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly I do I do have one student her mom is a teacher actually, and she teaches um, dual immersion. She's she teaches Mandarin, 
And so the little girl is at home with her grandparents and they don't speak English and their internet hardly works. Oof. So I, I do, even though we're in like a, a an area that has the higher, mm-hmm. I don't know how to word it, but they, um, that we still have some that are struggling. Yeah. And, um, so does your school have like Wi-Fi pucks or anything too, that they can supplement for those students who might not have Wi-Fi or might not have service? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. I'm not sure. I would hope so. Yeah. Interesting. So then how, how are your students doing this academic year? And, and, and on the flip side, how, how are your colleagues doing um, emotionally and, you know, just everything that's taken place? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a good two months over two months in school now mm-hmm. and we're noticing um, the kids are, we have a reading center that our kids go to that need extra help and interventions and in reading. And we have a lot of third graders that are in there. Usually, I think last year we had, I don't know, 15. And I think now we have a double that. Wow. So yeah. there's definitely more and we're having to have more aides and teachers pulled to help them, mm-hmm. right. To get more support. So Reading, reading's a little bit lower, obviously. Um, I feel like they're doing really well in math. I feel like math is going really well for, for my kids, at least. Um, their, <laughs> their handwriting is a lot worse this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I think, mean, yeah. you know, end of second grade, they were on the computer a lot, maybe didn't do a lot of mm-hmm. actual writing. And so I'm, I'm noticing that it's yeah. a little bit harder to decode this year. But... Yeah. Um, and as far as my colleagues, is that what you asked, Fred? How are they? Yes. Yeah. I think everybody is a little, <laughs> a little, I don't know if burned out is the right word, but mm. it's, it's ups and a lot of ups and downs. Um, just yeah. trying to make things normal, but then, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not easy to wear, you know, the mask all day, but we do it and yeah. it can't do it. And, you know, it's, we don't have like a 40, like we don't have a, like the kids eat lunch in our classroom now. Like we don't oh. have that time. It sounds like a silly thing, but no, it's not silly. No, we're that's always weird. with them. Yeah. So that's different. Just, just those kind of little things. But I think all in all, everyone's just really happy to be back in the building. Yeah. Most, most of us. Um, and working. <laughs> yeah. That's jobs. true. Yeah. So how does your leadership, your administration, um, support you as a staff for those, your own social emotional needs, you know, like you don't get a break from your kids all day. Like that's, that's tough on a teacher. And what about, you know, when you are feeling burnt out and how are they, how are they supporting you in those areas? Um, they do, they've given us like lunch aids that can pop in and like take our classes, which is really nice. Um, there, our administration staff is really good about, um, they provide, they call them moments that they take for the teachers. So like about a month ago, it was our, um, parent teacher conference week and it was like teaching all day and then meeting with parents, meetings with parents until 5 PM. So it was just Mm. really hard week. And they, one night they like turned our gym into like this theater and they provided us dinner six feet apart <laughs> and <then laughs> had a band come and they played music and just let us, Oh, they let them in the administration staff, like served us drinks and served us dinner. So That's they're really nice. good about like providing these moments. Yeah. 
make us feel special. That's good. Yeah. Is that what you were asking? Yeah, no, that's, that's good. That helps, you know, just like the, yeah, like you said, those moments where it makes you feel like you're appreciated and you're not just always working and people are always taking from you. So Mm -hmm. that's good. So then um, what do you hope to, to leave your, to leave your students with and what do you hope they will learn from you as their third grade teacher? I kind of feel like every year changes. Like I, but I really think this year I've kind of like, obviously wanted to focus more on their social and emotional health, just with everything. Like obviously academics are important and, and reading is important, but really when it comes down to it, um, just, we, we're doing the leader in me program at our school, the seven habits of highly affected people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the habit that really stands out to me the most and is the seek first to understand and then be understood. And I think if we can teach kids to understand each other and understand everyone else's situation before, you know, me, 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 understanding me, I think that's like a skill that they, that's really going to help them forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, Mm-hmm. I know it's something that I, as an adult, need to work on. So um, I think that this year is just being really understanding of each other. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's something I've been focusing on in conflict, too, and is focusing on understand and then work to under, understand each other um, rather than to be right or to be heard, right? So <laughs> a lot of times we get the blinders on and the loudest person ends up winning because the other person gets exhausted. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's good to be understanding. And I, I know that that's been a, like a lot of what I've been hearing from, you know, our guests too, is just self-compassion, compassion for others, kindness. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that that all aligns really well. I think that's really um, helpful just for life qualities for kids and people. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the, one of the other themes that, that we've been hearing since post COVID. Well, I don't know if we're post COVID. We're just still in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we've um, had some time to reflect on COVID strategies, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the common themes is that, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of, 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 of needs is like people are, people are starting to think about it a little bit more serious, mm-hmm. um, you know, as opposed to only Bloom's taxonomy of learning, you know, people, I think, I think educators, I think that's one of the things that, that, that I've been hearing is that, um, is that the focus is still on learning, but educators are finally realizing that we also need Maslow there along, um, along, alongside of it, um, just because kids are, are in need of social, social, emotional learning. Um, and just finding out, you know, how, how, how is everyone doing? And, and also if our, if our teachers are getting burned, then that's going to be, um, you know, all of their students are also going to see it. Exactly. So, yeah, cause there was, you know, I, um, there was that, there was that meme that was, that was going around and that, you know, and that story that, um, of that teacher who they were zooming in and stuff and, <laughs> And, and at the end, you know, the teacher was asking if there were, if there were any questions and the kids said no. And so they were all logging off and except for one kid 
who who said, you know, I just want to know how you're doing. Oh, you know, and, and yeah, you know, you and, and good this, job, mom and, and dad. This, <laughs> yeah, and this, yeah. you know, and this and this male male teacher was just like, wow, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so you know, everyone's like, oh, crying. Mm-hmm. Um, so so kids kids see it. Mm-hmm. Kids, oh, for sure. you know, yeah, kids understand that you know a lot of stuff is going on. So yeah, thank you for you know, thinking, you know, thinking about your own kids about that. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, all right, we're going to stop this lesson this year and we're just going to play a game (laughs) because you guys, you guys need it. Like, it's just, it's good to to be understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our last question for us today is to ask you what your call to action is. And that would be what you would like to leave the educators, the listeners, future educators with from you as your call to action as an educator? Man, just, just one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or a couple if you want, but I tried to simplify it into one, but you can say several. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I mean, I kind of going back to what I just said, seek seek first to understand and then to be understood Mm -hmm. Um, just of our, of our colleagues, of our students. Um, Of course, like, my big, my big thing this year is, is make learning magical. Like mm-hmm. put a little bit of flair and zest and spell like yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> is. Be goofy. Like yeah. just have fun with the kids. Yeah. Like, especially this year they need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. That's, that's great. So that's if, uh, Tiana, if educators or people want to connect with you, do you have any social media outlets that they can follow you on or connect with you on that you want to share? Yeah, I have uh, my Instagram is just at uh, Tiana Shoney. Um, do you want me to spell that out? Or? Sure. Yeah, so just at T-I-A-N-A-S-C-H-O-N-E-Y. Perfect. And then on Facebook, it's just Tiana Lund Shoney. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Tiana, thanks so much for your time today and sharing, you know, your philosophy of teaching and how you teach with compassion and, and make it fun. And, um, yeah, we learned so much from you and we just really appreciate you today. So thank you. Thank you. It's good talking with you guys. You too. (laughs) 